Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. What a fun discussion we had yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mentioned at the beginning of this interview with Allison Jornlin and Mike Huberty that it's starting to feel like fall, which makes you start thinking more about Halloween. Yeah. It makes you start making, you know, you start thinking more about ghosts and haunted places and just the general public starts thinking at this time about these things. So I thought... I'm trying to think of how to make ghostly talk more ghostly for maybe the next, you know, leading up to Halloween. So maybe I'll try to focus well, first off, on more it's ghost in the stories. Name. I think well, it's pretty well. It's pretty much as ghostly as it can I know, get. I know, right? But I know, I know. I'm just trying to think of topics to to kind of be uh, to fit into that theme. I do want to say to people out there, if you want to watch a really, really good movie, yeah, where I don't think I blinked, yeah, The Black Telephone, yeah. Yeah. Why are we talking like uh, this? I like that. Oh, oh my God, like no. This, this movie, yeah. it's got Ethan Hawke in it. I, Ethan Hawke plays a total creeper. Okay. The kids are fantastic in the movie. You it watched was this the other night, didn't you? written by Joe Hill, which yeah. is Stephen King's son. And this, I it was so good. Yeah. It was so good. I have not seen a movie in a long time that I could recommend and Amber's, be like, yeah. Amber's movie of the week. I, can't, I struggle to watch movies and TV shows because I'll just be like, squirrel, and I lose interest. And I watched the new Beavis and Butthead episodes. Those were pretty funny. Well, if you have Peacock, you can watch Black Telephone on there. It, you know, you don't have to go rent it on Amazon. or it's on Peacock. It might still even be in theaters. I'm not entirely sure. But it if you want a good, creepy movie, perfect yeah. combination of serial killer and ghost story. Yeah. I won't say or any facts or ruin anything for anybody. Just go watch it. And if you don't like it, that's no, you're weird because it's a good movie. Amber's movie corner. That's my Amber's, review. Amber's movie. If you don't review. like it, you're weird. I really like the movie a lot. If you don't like it, you're weird. <laughs> this movie without God, I really enjoy well, this movie. I'm just as God. someone who doesn't watch a lot of stuff. I am watching The Sandman too on Netflix and I'm digging that. I did not read the DC comic. But Neil Gaiman wrote it, yeah. and I like a lot of his stuff. And yeah. I think people have been pretty happy with his film and movie adaptations yeah. uh, from his books. And I think they're really happy with The Sandman, too. And it looks like I'm looking at the comic. They've done such a good job visually with this program. There you go, so, guys. You got some homework after you got some show. Home, you got some watching to do. You got some watching to do. Um, also, my book, Mysterious Michigan, if you are interested, I do have copies in my possession now. So I will maybe post the pre-order link if you're interested in getting yeah, a copy. We'll, we'll put that on the site. We'll, we'll put some stuff on social media for that. Yeah, I think. We'll if you're interested in getting a copy directly from me and a really cool holographic sticker. Uh, and maybe if you order and mention, I don't know how I could tell if. Unless what? you unless you put, like when you go to the order form, you can put notes in there and say like, I came from Ghostly Talk. I'll throw in a vintage ghostly talk sticker. Yeah, we've been talking about that. We're we're going to be giving some of those away. I think you gave you you sent one out a this listener, week. Didn't you? A listener wrote us and was like, "I'm interested. I bought some st- stickers that, of course, I said were crappy from T Public, and they were. I it was not happy with their. Ugh, I wasn't happy with the quality, and I wasn't happy with how that design fit on a smaller sticker. It just didn't work. 
Uh, and again, on our last show, I mentioned to everybody, like, thank you for experimenting with us and buying a sticker. The t-shirts yeah, look we, fantastic. we haven't been in the merch business in a very long time. The t-shirts so look this fantastic. all new again. Well, and, and again, buying from these type of websites allows anybody to not have to invest $500 up front in yeah, 500 inventory. stickers. Inventory, yeah. And then you have to, on. like, you know, ship them yourselves and all that. But yeah. the t-shirt link is still up there on our website. Uh, you can go find it and pick up a sh- I don't know how long these – I'm just going to do probably limited designs. Limited edition designs. Okay. And so who cool. knows how long this will be up there. So if you like it, grab it. Also, I probably will bring back the old Ghostly Talk t-shirt. I will recreate that design. Yeah, we're talk- we were talking about doing that this week. I don't know if – because that just had – that had the little ghost James it on had, the front. Yeah, it had the little thing on the, the left breast. And then it was – And then the back had the – the heavy air, graphic. The, yeah, the big graphic and dead air never sounded so good. But me, I feel like with these t-shirt companies, they you have to pay extra for front and back. So I don't know. Maybe I'll do something where it's on the front. Yeah. We'll figure something out. I don't we'll know. Figure something we'll figure out. something out. I'll probably re- yeah. full-on recreate the original and then whatever. So yeah, it'll we'll be figure, fun. We'll figure it out. We'll it'll be fun. So, yeah, on. that's our housekeeping, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Allison Jornlin and Mike Keeberty were on the night, as we said. Yeah. They're fantastic. We had a really good time yeah. with both of them. They're the owners of American Ghost Walks. So, if you live in one of their areas, which is around the U.S., they have tours. Hop on a tour. In fact, I got their newsletter today in my email, and I was scrolling through and saw that you could do a seven hour Chicago tour for $80. $80. Seven-hour wow. ghost tour. That's a lot. Yeah. Imagine that's the awesome. That's an entire day. Yeah. Uh, that's a fun day. That's yeah, a fun an day. entire day. Wow. So anyway, we'll give a little bio on these guys. Yeah. We've known them for a long time. They are have been staples at Troy Troy's American Hauntings Conference. Yeah. Uh, I've obviously up at the Sioux in Michigan, Sioux St. Marie. We yeah, have a very large paranormal convention now that how, how like it ended up being in like the furthest, like, like the most northern point yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. And it's like the most popular in the U.S. now. Miracle. But anyway, you'd see Mike Mike and his band Sunspot play at the conferences. So you've probably, if you were, if you've you probably like, seen these guys. You've probably seen these guys. Mike Huberty's bio. In 2010, Mike founded a tourism company called Madison Ghost Walks dedicated to preserving the Wisconsin capital city's history and folklore, as well as showing people a great time around the city. Today, Mike has expanded his mission to six U.S. states, including California, Puerto Rico, and even Hawaii. Mike performs in his bands around the U.S. in conferences, Weird Wisconsin Rock Band, Sunspot, you've probably seen him somewhere, Yeah, and is the co-host of the See You on the Other Side podcast with pop culture and paranormal themes. He has also been featured on the BBC and travel channels in search of monsters. Allison Jornlin has been investigating strange phenomena for more than 20 years. Inspired by Chicago's Richard Crow, who kickstarted U.S. ghost tourism in 1973, she developed Milwaukee's first haunted history tour in 2008. Allison currently works as a professional weirdo, speaking throughout the U.S., writing for a variety of publications, and developing haunted history tours for American Ghost Walks. She has also been featured in the media, including an appearance on the CW's Mysteries Decoded. You can find them at AmericanGhostWalks.com, and we will have all of their links up on our site if you want to head over there and just easily click on there. So enjoy our show with Allison Jornlin and Mike Huberty.
about that time of year, Scott, because last about night I was sitting out on the porch and I was chilled. <laughs> like, I was actually getting cold after all of the heat we've had in the past two weeks. And I the thought. The last two weeks have been punishing. Well, and I thought, oh, God, fall's coming. Fall's coming. Fall's coming. Which is bittersweet because I really don't like winter. Uh, I'm not a fan, but there's something about fall and the changing season, and obviously Halloween stuff is starting to appear in stores, and with that, you start thinking about ghosts more. The whole world, the we're whole getting, U.S., everybody uh, starts thinking about ghosts, and paranormal interest always goes up. Like On my website, I'll see a huge uptick. Like from September to October, and then it just goes wow, boom! Like everyone's like not interested in ghosts anymore. <laughs> After like October thirty first, it's gone. But leading up to this time, yeah, it's the perfect time. Yes, it is to take a ghost tour around yes, it is. there because tonight we have on. Well, tonight actually, it's this morning. We're recording in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It's why we yeah. probably both sound really awake yeah. right now. I know. No, I do. I'm awake. We just had egg sammies. We're we good. Had egg sammies. We're egg good. Sammies. Egg sammies. So anyway, we have Allison Jornlin and Mike Huberty will be joining us a little, a little later while. in the show. While, yeah. And yeah. they are the owners of American Ghost Walks, which is a haunted history tourism company, basically, ex- which is awesome. And I'm going to let Allison explain how this got started, what they do, and we're just going to go into all kinds of awesome stories about ghosts as we kick off this fall season. Welcome to the show, Allison. Oh, thank you so much. I'm I'm happy to be here. And uh, yeah, I've been uh, feeling that fall vibe myself uh, for some reason uh, in my neighborhood, just across the street. I can see it right now from where we're recording. They put out all their like inflatable Halloween decorations <laughs> last week. Of course, and, they're and, dude, it's, it's August, dude. It's August. I mean, they're I, huge. I, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. I think that's super. I think people should leave that stuff Halloween up all year people. long. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. But I, I think I should go over and like introduce myself. You, you know, I got a pretty yeah. low profile, <laughs> and I, you know, they don't know that I'm some ghost hunting uh, weirdo over here. Yeah. Um, just across the street, but I was really happy to see. You know, these are big, big uh, installations, and uh, one of them is my favorite. And I was just so happy to see him. He's the Halloween dragon. And uh, it, it, he's very striking at night, you know, because he has these piercing red eyes. And <laughs> and he's quite, quite large and the, this flaming demon heart in the center of his being. Nice. I love him. Nice. <laughs> I, th- I think it's safe to say this this time of year, for, and we can all probably agree on, the, you know, on this show right now. Yeah, I, like you said, Amber, you kind of get that feeling. When you feel that first kind of cooler night that we're, you know, we're, we've had a couple of them now. Yeah. The weather starts to shift here, at least in Michigan. Yeah. Um, and well, and Allison's in Wisconsin, right? So yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. So she's yes. not. She her weather is not much. Not different. much different than ours. Yeah. I also uh, hate winter. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we get a lot of it. But uh, you know, you were saying, you were saying, hey, you know, people. Uh, have this uptick of interest, yeah. you know, as Halloween approaches. But but I really hope that um, people have an interest all all year round because uh, we certainly in in some of our destinations we're running uh, tours year round, like in Hawaii. So uh, <laughs> we we survive because there is a exactly. large portion of the population that's weird like us. And things about ghosts all the time. And I think pe- <laughs> I think people now, ghost tours in general now are a staple tourism uh, 
you go somewhere and yeah, you're like, yeah. where's the ghost tour? Who's doing the ghost tour? It's not something where it's just in one big city somewhere or it's sort of like this faux pas anymore. It's part of tourism and it's an important part of tourism because I've always said that haunted history draws people in to history in general and makes them interested in it, especially in their local history which is very important. So how did you guys get started with American Ghost Walks and basically becoming these, you know, as you say in your bios, professional weirdos? You've, you and your brother <laughs> both have, uh, you know, I just said your brother. He's your brother, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. so yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. family okay. family, family business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So you, um, so you Mike both? Mike Huberty is my, my brother. Yeah. You're, you're hearing uh, okay. an exclusive right now. No, I think <laughs> I think some people know. You know, I'm, I'm married, so my... my uh, Name is Jornlin now, but my maiden name is Huberty, okay. which, uh, you know, that was kind of a problem in grade school. But now it's a now, you know, I changed it to Jornlin. Nobody can make jokes about that name. What, uh, what did they? What yeah, did what they, do people say? Oh, come on. Wait. Huberty. Puberty. Allison, oh, shit. Puberty. Allison, oh, my puberty. God. Uh, oh, my God. As soon as they, they know what, you know, get to know what that word means. Yeah. I was, Gee, you know, yeah, yeah, had a target on that. my back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so all right so it's it's out there it's a family business yeah and uh so we'll talk about how american ghost walk started and mm-hmm. anybody can look at american dot com right now mm-hmm. and uh, we're in five states Yay. and in puerto rico so uh it's uh it's becoming you know quite the profitable business uh and uh, we'll talk about how that happened uh but uh we're in wisconsin we're in illinois minnesota uh, Maine, California, Hawaii, and and Puerto Rico. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a quite quite a big deal for mm. us to be able to be doing this full time. And uh, well, the way that it started is um, really uh, our inspirations uh, were um, our our mom and uh, Richard Crow. So. Um, when Mike and I were little, now this is going to sound like it's a story from the 1940s, but I assure you it's from the 19, 1980s. So um, when we were growing up, uh, my mom, uh, although we lived in uh, Wisconsin, my mom really liked to listen to the Chicago radio stations. And so every Halloween, they would have Richard Crow on, and he was uh, Chicago's ghost hunter. And she would gather me and Mike around the radio to listen to Richard spin Tales of Haunted Chicagoland. And this was really something that, you know, got our imaginations going. And uh, so I think that's that's where the inspiration really started is with with our mom, you know, who always had this sense of fun um, gathering us around to, to listen to these ghost stories as Halloween was approaching. And then it just got in our blood and then we never stopped thinking about it, you know, and we wanted to become parapsychologists. You know, I'm sure yeah. yeah. I'm sure Ghostbusters had something to do with that. But, you know, that was our dream as children to become parapsychologists. But I I mean there's not a lot of call for that. Right. <laughs> so um we we went uh, into tourism, which um, allows us to still study ghosts, uh, but make a living at it. Uh, and I think, and I think that's that's where it came from. Is is Richard Crow and my mom. And uh, so Richard Crow, though, inc- incidentally, 
I think he's the one who actually started haunted history tourism in the United States because he had his first ghost tour in 1973. And uh, that's actually when the London Ghost Walks began as well, that same year, 1973. So I think that uh, whole push towards haunted history tourism began then. That's awesome. You'd think my first ghost tour was in Scotland. And it was probably 1998, and it was in Edinburgh, and I was so terrified because they took us underneath (laughs) the city, and we went through these tunnels, and of course, everyone's getting worked up. Like, everybody, Mm -hmm. even myself, I was like, I was kind of happy to, like, be on, like, above ground. And and I'm someone, too, that's been interested in this kind of stuff for, for, like, ever. But that's that got me hooked on the idea of ghost tours. So while doing the ghost tours, what kind of history do you, what do you guys like to focus on when you develop each of your tours for different cities? Well, I think it has to grow out of history. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Edinburgh right there. I mean, there's so much ghostly history there and, and history, ghostly history that doesn't even get on their tours. The, the, um, the original ghost hunter, as I call her, Catherine Crow. Yeah. She wrote her seminal book, The Night Side of Nature, um, in Edinburgh, Scotland, in um, 1848. And, I mean, that's something that, you know, she's the reason that we know the word poltergeist because she brought it to uh, her English-speaking readers from reading all the great um, parapsychology um, research that was happening in Germany, um, you know, early in uh, the 1800s and even prior to that. So, um, you know, we're looking for those stories that are unknown, um, things that are long forgotten, but are still of interest to people. So I I started uh, the, I started our our haunted uh, history tours uh, here in Milwaukee, where uh, I'm from. and uh, the, I started them in 2008. And uh, I, I did that because, you know, I was like, wow, you know, I've been on the Chicago Ghost Tours and the tours in New Orleans. I wonder what hidden stories uh, were happening in my own community that have been just, you know, forgotten about or, you know, people just poo-pooed them or whatever. You know, yeah, what yeah. stories are lying beneath that I could find if I spent a lot long time at um you know the historical societies and looking through newspaper art archives you know i think we're basically treasure hunters and um so i mean that's what that's what attracted me to it and then i was like hey mike you live in madison that's the state capital we gotta have a ghost tour there you know you get bro dude bro you gotta (laughs) do this too and um so then he so then he um did one uh, in Madison, and then uh, while his wife was going to law school, they lived in the Twin Cities, and so that that's what, how he developed the Minneapolis and uh, the St. Paul tours. And so then uh, I was in education back then uh, for 13 years. I, I taught at a Native American school, and um, and so I just like focused on that. And then he focused on building the business. And, okay. you know, Mike is the reason that it's a, that American Ghost Walks is the successful business that that it is today. He made it profitable. 
Um, you know, I'm just yeah. I'm just a ghost geek. <laughs> 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 he is too, though. Um, so we're always just looking for those stories that uh, have been forgotten. You know, we're not as interested in going to places that are famously haunted or places where everybody, you know, has a haunted history tour. You know, we're interested in uncovering the unknown um, in unlikely places, like in Milwaukee, for example. Um, I don't look at the city the same way um, now knowing what I know. How so? Well, uh, I, I think... There's a certain, there's a certain uh, vision of a city that is popular, but then you know when you go to New Orleans, when you go to Chicago, you see that they embrace, uh, they embrace you know things that might not be uh, so popular, like the haunted side. Right. You know that's what we focus on more than the crime side, but you know there's certainly interest in that as well. But uh, there's. It, uh, researching ghost stories and for the tours has really helped me to see that the paranormal is such a force in every city and in, in so many lives yeah. uh, across the United States and I'm sure across the world as well. Uh, yeah, I just I just think it's such, you know, we try to we try to hide it and you know sweep it under the rug, but it's definitely there and. Um, in in blogging when I first started uh, the the tours here in Milwaukee, I I would find stories that you know they don't appear on the tour because you know some of these places aren't even there anymore. Uh, but I would find stories that really scared me. Do you, do you want to hear one of those? Yes, them? I sure. do. Okay, so uh, there was a a story from uh, around the area of uh, 49th and, and State Street, which is now not even there. It used to be called Centerville. And um, now it's that's where the expressway goes through. So that this house isn't even there anymore. But in 1924, there was a, a widower named Minnie Plants who owned a home uh, right there in Centerville, in the center of our city. And uh, she started to experience strange activity like raps at night and um then it quickly escalated to more and more activity where um actually they they felt like originally that this was a peeping tom and it was and it was uh causing disturbances all around that small area of the, of the city and then it seemed to focus on Minnie Plants' house, uh, where she lived with um, uh, her young son and uh, her teenage daughter and then a, a, an older daughter um, who was a young adult. Okay. And uh, so there was lots of rapping at night. They couldn't sleep. They felt that someone was watching them at the window, so they called the police and uh, so the police came and in investigated, and and uh, they heard the raps. They um, they also experienced uh, strange lights, you know, rising mm. from the 
the ground and um, then into the air as they were as they were guarding the perimeter of the house and they they felt that they saw someone too that that they would see shadows and then um just like spring hill jack from from uh, victorian england look it up that's a great story too but just like a, a spring hill jack character um so they would spot the shadowy figure and then he would jump over a fence Ooh. and then disappear Ooh. and uh so they were getting quite vexed about this and um there were even suggestions in the paper that that uh the police were considering setting out bear traps in the yard <laughs> right i got a good chuckle out of that too i don't think they ever actually did that i mean that that's just seems like, like that could be fraught with problems i'm just saying uh but but anyway um you know there was this neighborhood watch there were all these things um and then it just it just um oh and and uh okay i can't leave this part out so um Minnie had another daughter that was married, and her um, her husband, you know, came over to to comfort them, offer his protection, and he went outside to have a smoke, and some figure, unseen figure in the bushes, dragged him in the bushes and 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 you know thrashed him <laughs> and beat him, beat him soundly. So, um, and, and he didn't he didn't know like. Like, what, you know, he didn't have any, uh, he, he just knew he was being thrashed. He couldn't see who it was. Right. And, you know, this, this, uh, uh, these unseen hands were around his throat. So, I mean, he didn't get killed, but, you know, he got beat up. Anyway, this incredible story that I found in the papers, found some great pictures to go with it of all the principles. And, and then it just, like, like so many stories I would find. It just like disappears. Yeah, nothing. And there's nothing it. more right. after 1924. Right. And I'm like, oh, come on! I just want some follow up. I, want, I need closure. Yeah. Well, this was this was one case where I had closure because I was blogging about this story, and I was blogging about the fact that okay, you know, I found these articles, and this sounds like a, an interesting story. Oh, and I left out the best part: the police. <laughs> Of course. Sorry, I got, I got COVID brain right yeah, now. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the police, uh, who, you know, many called to help, and there was really nothing that they could do except bear witness. But then uh, one morning, um, they noticed, as the sun came out, there were actually footprints of, you know, very large feet, size 11 EE, um, around around the house and then so they went on the cinderellian search door to door um <laughs> trying to see if they could find a perp with a size 11 ee shoes wow so <laughs> and it's just funny to think of them going around the, yeah. the neighborhood cinderellian <laughs> looking at everybody's feet <laughs> and of course they didn't find anyone and so you know of course some of the headlines uh address this can ghosts leave footprints and I, I was like i don't know can they and then like i said the story just drops away but because i was uh posting some of these um 
headlines and the you know rewriting the stories uh and then i also wrote about you know going to uh look in public records um to find out if many plants was indeed a real person or you know cuz hey a lot of newspapers had laxer standards right. i don't know if we're back to that now it's all arguable right. but anyway there's a lot of fake news let's just say that um and people wanted to sell papers writers wanted to sell papers and so i was thinking well maybe that's what this is but no i did find that many plants really did live at that address and then because of my blogging somebody in another part of milwaukee was um doing genealogical research and he just happened to put in many plants plants name um in um in google mm-hmm. and found my blog huh. and he <laughs> he is a um a relative of of many um she's like his great great aunt um i believe is how it goes uh anyway but she he had uh heard about this in whis- hushed tones you know throughout his whole life growing up you know huh. many that there was something strange about her or her situation and he he was never able to like get a lot of information because it was so hush hush in the family right but he was was able to as paul harvey used to say give me the rest of the story (laughs) which is that um this didn't stop in 1924 this went on for many for her whole life and relatives would um stay with her at night as often as they could but you know we're working class people here in Milwaukee for the most part. And they had to go to work the next day. So a lot of times she was left alone at night to deal with this horrific pounding throughout the house and just this torment of um, whatever this unseen figure was. And then um, he also shared with me that uh, Minnie's husband who isn't in the picture because he was deceased, was actually very drunk and abusive when he was alive. And that the family um, thought that that perhaps he came back to still exact whatever punishment Ew. he thought many deserved from beyond the grave. Ew. And yet this, he had... Size eleven E. Oh no, that's spooky. (laughs) What? No. So so this is one of these incredible stories out there. But I mean, the place is overrun by the expressway now, so it's not the house isn't there anymore. All the people are dead, except for hey, there's some relatives. You know, there there are relations that are still out there that have this in their collective family memory, and I'm I'm just. I really want to reach out to that to uh, people and say I know you're out there with these family stories of ghosts and maybe they've been closely held family secrets um you know for your entire life but I encourage I encourage you to contact uh ghostly talk or contact us at americanghostwalks.com because I think a lot more of this goes on uh than than we think um and it's just that people are, have these coping mechanisms where we're able to we're able to sweep it under the rug, or we're able to just go back to our normal algorithms of living 
And anything that doesn't compute just gets forgotten um, either intentionally or, you know, just because, you know, we have this day-to-day working life that commands most of our attention. Right. And this is what I love about ghost tours and the people behind them, like you and Mike, doing this research to bring a lot of this stuff that, like you said, you're treasure hunters. You're yeah. digging up this history that's just forgotten or maybe seems irrelevant to most people. I I remember a woman that used to work at one of the local museums in my hometown, and she never had any interest in someone like myself coming to speak at the library or have any of my books, which had tons of local history in them, uh, in their museum store because ghost history, that kind of stuff, legends, that wasn't, quote, real history. Mm. And that just bothered me to no end that someone would say that's not real. Okay, as opposed to, like... What? Why would someone say that that's not real? What are you pointing at, Scott? Mike is on. Oh, yeah, Mike I'm going to let here. Mike in here okay, too. Let just him so you in. guys know. Michael. Oh no, he's not. He's not here yet. I think he'll. Okay. Be. Let's give him a second. <laughs> he's. I think we have Mike on now. Mike, are you there? Absolutely, I'm right here. Excellent. Aww, you can tell you guys are podcasters because you sound so crystal clear. <laughs> <laughs> we can. <laughs> welcome so I, to the I, show, Mike. Yeah, I saw you pop in. Thank I want I wanted to pull you in. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks for t- taking time to come talk to us, Amber. I didn't. I know I cut into you doing that. So go no, ahead. that's okay. We had to bring Mike in. So, um, Mike, we have been talking about uh, the history of American Ghost Watch, how you guys got started, your interest as little kids, like sitting around the oh, radio yeah. listening to Richard Crow. Um, and Allison's been sharing with us like an insane story recent just now about creepy stuff (laughs) in Milwaukee and some of her stories that she has found. Uh, So for your input to the ghost whole ghost tour thing, what story, where do I want, how do I want to form this? So Allison started in Milwaukee and starts the first haunted history tour there in 2008 and then says, Hey, you got to start the Madison ghost walk. She was just sharing her fascinating story that she found in her research and during her blogging. What kind of stories did you find in your research for Madison ghost walks that was just fascinated you? You know, and I got to say, I'm glad that Allison suggested um, uh, doing a ghost tour in the first place because I had been fired from my previous job (laughs) and I went on the road for a month with my band. Yeah. And then we came home. um, I needed to find a way to make some money. Yeah, I was like, uh oh, this is, um, you know, what, what am I going to do? And then it was in August, and so Allison's like, hey, you know, you should do this ghost tour, and you do ghost tour in Madison. Uh, you can get it going for September and October. And so uh, it was like, you know what, uh, Daddy's got to pay rent. So you know, <laughs> that was it. So it was pounding the pavement and going out and you know walking into these places. And you know, the first thing I did is at the Capitol Square in Madison. Because I realized that's where you know we should do uh, a ghost tour here is on the Capitol Square, and um, just started walking around to the various clubs and bars near the Capitol Square to see, you know, what what people had experienced. And then the first place I walked into um, was a place called the Great Dane uh, Bar, the Great Dane like a pub and a brewery, and they make their own beer. And it's they have a crop circle wheat mm. that's delicious. Um, but I walk in there and I knew it was an old building. It's a, you know, 150 years old, this Fess hotel, um, that had been around since the 1850s. It, you know, was, was the place where, where workers would stay and things like when they were working on building the, the Capitol. 
And I uh, had heard that somebody said it was haunted. And so I just asked the waitress. I'm like, I know this is going to sound weird. And that's how a lot of my conversations start, uh, which it, it's a good icebreaker because yeah. either, either, you know, they're going to be like, oh, cool. Or they're going to want to break your ice and leave. Yeah. And um, so I'm like, I know this is going to sound weird, but is, is this haunted? And um, the waitress just goes, well, you know, I've only seen one of the ghosts, <laughs> but uh, the manager can tell you about a couple more because it's at least two or three spirits here. And that's when I knew um, we had a good start. When the first place I went, the first person I talked to was like, oh, yeah, I've seen the ghost here. And um, then it would be going around to various places. And um, one of my friends owned a, a nightclub music venue here in Madison called The Frequency. And I'd known him for a long time. I'd you know, played in his basement in college and things. And I'd, I'm a frequenter of this, of this club, and we played there a lot. And so... When I'm working on the tour, one night I come in and we're hanging out and I said, once again, I know this is going to sound weird. And I said, but is this place haunted? And he looks at me and he's like, are you serious? And I said, as a heart attack. <laughs> and he just comes back and goes, yeah, dude, it's totally haunted. <laughs> You know, he goes, it used to be a funeral parlor, and in the basement is where they kept the bodies. And then he starts telling me about the things he saw in the basement. The first story he tells me is um, he's in his office, which is in the basement, and he's hanging out there counting the money or doing numbers, you know, doing some um, admin work late at night, like one Saturday night. And he falls asleep at his desk. And so when he wakes up, uh, Outside of his closed door, he hears these voices asking, do you think he can hear us? Do you think he can hear us? And it, it sounds like people talking to each other, whispering. And so he wakes up. He thinks it's his staff. He realizes he, he fell asleep and the place is closing up. And he thinks it's his staff wondering, you know, like, oh, should we wake him up or not? So he gets up, opens the door. is like, hey, everybody, it's time... There's nothing. There's nobody out there. Everything's, you know, closed. Uh, the staff had closed up the bar and everything, locked the doors. And so then he gets freaked out, goes back in the office to collect his stuff, closes the door again, and then the whispers start again, asking, do you think he can hear us? Do you think he can hear us? And he decided to stay there that night and not open the door again uh, until daylight. And um, so, you know, that was the first story I heard about that bar. So it was great being able to go to these places and talk to the people who work there. You know, you're not talking to somebody. The historical societies are great, but you're not talking to somebody from the historical society. You're talking to somebody who's got to live with the ghost every right. day. Yeah. And has the experiences to share. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's I think that's the fun part when you talk to the people who, because um, you can talk to the, the psychics or whatever, like, oh, I see the stuff, or they see the auras and things, or you can talk to um, the people who know the legends of a place, and this is what they reported in 1956. Or you can talk to the guy that works in the kitchen that has to go down to the basement to get the wine, and then the ghost is bothering him when he has to go you know, make a wine run. I think that's the thing, and Allison, we were talking about that a few minutes ago, um, as far as locations like this, I mean, I think, like, 
these stories, the paranormal stories, stories of the supernatural, ghost stories we uh, we hear about, they obviously cross every line. Every city you go to, no matter if it's a newer city or an older city, whatever it might be, there's always some type of story there somewhere, whether it's a bar or a restaurant or an office building sometimes, right? It seems like that's what I think is the most fascinating thing is that you can go anywhere in this country, let's just say the U.S., right? And as you said, like, the, for example, Mike, I've done the same thing myself a bunch of times. Amber, Amber's done the same thing. We go somewhere we've never been before. And, hey, so is there any interesting stories, any ghost stories What's here? What's the ghost story? And then somebody you, you, you just met, like, oh, no, maybe a waitstaff, a bartender, somebody like that, like you're talking about. Oh, well, I can tell you about this one. This is pretty cool. And Something then your you're best friends. And then, yeah, then it's, <laughs> and like you said, it's a serious icebreaker. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's just interesting how, you know, some people – when when you ask that question, is this place haunted, which I do as well, you know, you definitely hit that dividing line of, you know, you got the people that are run from you yeah. or who just, you know, look you askance and that's it. You're just shut down or you have other people who, you know, they're in the know. They've had their own experiences, maybe. And they were they're just looking for somebody safe to talk to about yeah. this. Now, it's not to say that there isn't folklore, fake lore, nonsense out there. There certainly is. Uh, but there's also this reality to these phenomena, which, you know, I think personally, Mike and I, you know, have an interest in getting to the bottom of it. But, you know, when you take our tours, you don't have to believe in ghosts to enjoy the tours. You just have to believe that people tell stories like these. And, you know, there's something of a conundrum, to say the least. And we're going to give you the authentic stories that, you know, are told behind closed doors, usually, mm -hmm. of this destination you're visiting. If you want to hear those tightly held stories, you know, you want somebody to let you know, um, you know, the metaphysical side of this town, you know, we're going to tell you that side of the story whereas you know a, a straight history tour won't do that we're going to tell you the history just like that straight history tour is going to do but we're also going to you know make it a little bit more human and where humanity comes in where you're not just talking about dates and names where you're really talking about real people ghost stories and other beliefs in the, the supernatural come with humanity they do. I, I kind of wonder about the background of owning and running a ghost tour business because I'm wondering if you guys have encountered any opposition from people or cities where you've tr uh, tried to set up or where you are currently set up. Naperville, Illinois. <laughs> yeah, there's a dude. The Chicago Tribune wrote a whole story. There's like a competing tour in Naperville, and it was started by the guy who. Um, used to like apprentice for the the Naperville tour that we ended up taking over and who originally started it. And so um, he would take his tour group to these this location that it was a, a recent tragedy where some people died and they were walking on the lawn or whatever. And so the person walking on the lawn calls up the councilwoman or the, the people whose lawn it was calls up like the local councilwoman and then she calls me. 
And she's like, you can't be walking on this lawn. I'm like, and I, I tell the guide, I'm like, We're not, are we walking on this lawn? And the guy's like, we don't even tell that story. And so the other tour had actually called, you know, they were doing it and then they were blaming us. And then they called the Tribune. Like it was a whole thing, like a whole like trying to sabotage the operation. Oh and then the councilwoman's like, you know, I can make it. So you have to, so you have to have a license to conduct uh, business on the sidewalks here. And uh, I'm thinking... I, I don't know if you can do, you know, like there, you know, let's go back to the Constitution real quick. I'm, I'm sure there's some things you can and can't do. Yeah. However, um, it just, you know, it was just, it was one of those things. So just like, is the city, well, the city council called me with threats. So, but most places ended up are cool about it. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to run into some opposition. Uh, but again, this is an essential part of human nature. So you're not going to stop it. Right. Because people want to know what happens after death. You know, it's one of those quintessential mysteries. Um, you know, these questions that keep coming back. You know, what happens after we die? Are we alone? All this stuff. You know, you're not going to suppress it. Uh, but, you know, there are going to be people who, I, you know, I, we have, um, this is a, the city of festivals, Milwaukee. So, like, next weekend we have Irish Fest. And I remember being at Irish Fest one year. And... Um, I was there because on on the tour, we tell a story of a, a famous uh, shipwreck tragedy that uh, occurred um, and uh, really affected the city. And again, it's something that's that's, uh, you know, largely forgotten about. But, you know, we talk about it on our tour uh, because there's ghost stories associated with it. But we all also want people to remember the history of an area. But anyway, I was I was there. Um, we we wanted to get a monument for this famous tragedy, uh, or it's not famous yet, but it should be the Lady Elgin disaster. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, so we had this this booth set up, and I was on the Lady Elgin committee, and you know sitting there, um, you know talking to people about about the history, and uh, this guy came up, and there was another um, famous boat disaster it was a smaller scale but you know still uh, about 16 people uh, died uh, when this um, whaleback schooner called the um, uh, Christopher Columbus actually bumped into um, the side of the river and and caused uh, caused the water tower on the building right there to um, fall onto the ship and pancake the decks and there were 16 people that were... Wow. Wait, pan oh what, what's pa what does pancake to decks mean? <laughs> well, so, think of, think of the, this is terrible, <laughs> but think of the people inside as the filling in an Oreo. Oh and then oh. the, the decks like smooshed together, like you smooshed the, yeah, yeah, I, I, the filling. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what happened. Pancake the decks. I'm never getting out of like a boat again. <laughs> so, God. yeah, it's horrifying. But um, so, so there's no, there's no ghost story associated with with that but i just happen to know the history uh you know i'm joking about it but you know it's gallows humor because you gotta you because it's a terrible tragedy right yeah and um but you know i was uh talking to this guy about it about where it happened and he was real interested in that because he 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 was like inquiring about hey what about the christopher columbus what about that thing that happened and i'm like oh yeah i know you know what happened and i didn't didn't even talk about the Oreo. <laughs> the Oreo. <laughs> I, you know, it was completely, 
completely, uh, you know, professional, <laughs> um, unlike now. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I was talking to him, and uh, I, I happened to mention, oh, yeah, you know, I just uh, came across it when I was researching for um, the the our Milwaukee ghost tour. And I, I the words had hardly escaped my lips when the guy ran. I mean, he didn't even say, well, nice talking to you you're a weirdo he didn't say anything he just like we're having a conversation he heard the word ghost he ran (laughs) yeah scooby-doo style (laughs) yeah and we had another person um known for uh he's he's deceased now unfortunately but uh we had a um elderly research of researcher of italian history and you know i really got a lot out of his research in his book and so I wanted to talk to him, and I had, um, you know, an intermediary, intermediary in the Italian community approach him, and and he, he like spit on the ground <laughs> practically when, wow. you know, he's like, no, you know, that's that's the devil's work. I'm not going to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm just trying to keep these stories alive. That's it. I'm not, you know, I'm not well, a friend I mean- of Satan. <laughs> I, I, but I can see that though. I mean, sometimes if he's had bad luck associated with the stories, or he, you know, if he thinks that by talking about this stuff, he's going to conjure it. Um, you know, I don't. That's a that's a whole different kind of thing. That you know, if if you're inside it or living it or whatever, to the point where you're worried that if you even talk about this stuff, um, something can enter your life that's unsavory. Uh, you know that that makes me want to explore it more, right. um, but it, a lot of it also depends on like sensitivity to certain things, how recent certain things are. In our Waukesha, Wisconsin ghost tour, um, when I had originally worked on it, I included in the script uh, talking about the incident that happened uh, a few years ago, where um, two girls stabbed another girl. Uh, as a sacrifice to the Slender Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and that you know, HBO made a you know, documentary about it. There's a couple different documentaries about it, and it's really more like those documentaries are really more about uh, what happens to the girls and you know, mental illness and the tragedy of it. I mean, the girl survived. It's good, but Waukesha is not a big town, and so you tell that story. There's people there that know the families. Yeah, And so, not that we didn't do it sensitively and stuff, but it, it's one of those elephants in the room. Somebody is going to ask a question about it. Yep. Um, and if they do, you have maybe a quick story that leads into something else. Or you mention it because somebody did ask about it, and we're adults, and we can talk about these things uh, with nuance and sensitivity. Um, and But you don't... You try not to... Um, milk the gruesomeness of something recent and open wounds yep. uh, to, to try to juice um, the salaciousness out of it. I, that turns me off a little bit. I think, I, I think that nothing should be off limits to discuss, but at the same time, if you're going to handle stuff where people know, um, and, and a fascinating paranormal aspect about this that Nick Redfern mentioned in his book that Allison discovered was that the day before those girls, you know, did that, you know, stabbed their friend as a, sac- as a sacrifice to the Slender Man in Waukesha, the day before, 
on Coast to Coast AM was the first time they talked the first time that the Slender Man was talked about on Coast to Coast. So you have a million people hearing <gasps> oh, about the Slender Man for the first time, right? Oh. You have a like it's like an egregore out yes. in the world. Yeah, the because time. they were specifically addressing the the fear that something like that, something like the Slenderman mythos could manifest into reality. Now, I'm not saying it did that. You know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, that there was a, a sleepover party that night with those girls. You know, maybe they were listening to Coast to Coast. That's a possibility. Mm -hmm. But it, it just uh, really, um, really was frightening to me because um, I, I wasn't listening to it that night. I was listening to it uh, that Sunday, I believe it was a Sunday um, when this all occurred, um, and I was cleaning the kitchen. And you know, I just listen to weird stuff when I'm cleaning the kitchen. Make makes the clean go faster. Mm -hmm. And um, then when I finished, I just happened to switch on the news, and I had just been listening to the show from the night before about maybe Slenderman manifesting in reality, and that was the first story on the news was about the stabbing. That's spooky. That yeah, spooky. so it just all lined up, and it, um, you know, sometimes things happen uh, as a coincidence, as a possibility. Um, and I mean, that's a true zeitgeist, right? Yeah, that's, like that's the ghost of the time. That is the spirit of the time, right there. Yeah, that weekend. yeah. yeah. So, so I just think that um, you know, this this is a an important topic that we should be talking more about, you know, this, you know, how do we deal with this question of life after death? You know, everybody's really interested in it. And, you know, I'm sorry, guys, about the bloody Oreo. I don't usually talk that way, but... <laughs> The, the well, it triggered no. me, I have to say. <laughs> I, no, I, no. <laughs> while you were telling that, I imagined someone in the future listening to this podcast yeah. with a little plate of Oreos and a cup of milk next to them. Just pushing it away. And then like, yeah, it's like, just, yep. <laughs> I ruined Hopefully it's not the strawberry ones. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but the point is, I, I think, you know, we're, we're not so much about recent tragedies because we know, you know, there's, there's real people involved in those tragedies who are trying to heal and you know you have to you have to address it if somebody brings it up but you know basically i think what we're trying to do is bring forward this hidden history and bring forward you know the struggles of the dead you know the the people of the past that lived and died here before us and uh you know we're trying to you know bring back um you know some appreciation for those people and, you know, the the events they endured. Well, I really think a lot of it, too, is about bringing, like, you know, I don't know if Allison addressed this, but when you grow up, you know, and you guys know this in Michigan, um, you know, you grow up somewhere and you watch TV and everything takes place somewhere else. And your town just feels boring. Yes, <laughs> you know? yes. Because everything you watch on TV, everything you read, yep. it, takes place, it takes place somewhere else. And so by learning this history and the ghost stories, you're you're finding ways to make the towns exciting yep. or and interesting and you're you're getting a new connection to the place and you're offering people a shortcut in connection to a place and um i mean wisconsin it's you know it's chicago's hat or whatever like it's not you know it's <laughs> no one thinks of it it's like oh wisconsin hat. yeah it's great that's you know it they think of farms and cows and 
Hey, we're a great hat. We're one of those fedoras. But I'm not saying that Wisconsin isn't fascinating and stuff, but when all the media you consume is about things that happen in other places, it takes, you know, you start to be like, well, our town sucks. You know, why is, why is our place suck and every place else is so cool? And then you go in and you discover that there's a rich history of these places. And then you find that people are having paranormal experiences connected to that history. And, you know, it, it, when you have a paranormal experience that's connected to a place, that's the only place it can happen. It can't be replicated somewhere else. And so when you're showing people around the town and you're telling them what people experience and how it's connected to the history of the place, it really, it, it makes... It makes the whole city more alive. And for me, it was, you know, it's a way of like, now I feel connected to Madison and Milwaukee and these places in Wisconsin so much more deeply than I did even just growing up and going to college here. That right there, I think, is the importance of the tours you guys do. Right there, right there. Any type of haunted history, whether it be a tour, a book, a podcast, anything, I think that's the quintessential essence of what makes what you guys do important especially for preserving, but educating and and entertaining and just putting it out there because I feel the same way. I thought that's how I kind of got involved in ghost hunting was because I was like, Michigan sucks. Nothing's haunted here. (laughs) The state's stupid. And then I Googled one day in like 2000 Mm. and I was like, nothing's haunted here. And then I find like ghost hunting groups, like there's a Yahoo chat group or something. And I was like, what is this? What? And then you find all this. That's how I started learning about awesome history in Michigan. Otherwise, we just had a, a book in fourth grade about our state history and our state animals, a wolverine. Why? I don't know because we don't have wolverines. <laughs> it's a robin as our state bird and, bleh, you know, just boring yeah. facts. And so, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think and I, I think the Internet, obviously, with the growth of the Internet, you know, 20-something years ago now, that was a big thing for, I think, a lot of people. I know it was for me because the same as Amber. As far as that, I you know, my interest in this stuff started when I was a kid and it kind of – just stayed with me. Well, yeah. But when I decided to get more active, the internet was a big part of that. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, of course, you know, the re- from research aspect, even back then, there was still stuff, there was stuff out there. Uh, and I also found people too. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh, well, there's people like me, like that want to check this stuff out. This isn't that weird. I mean, it's weird, but it isn't that weird. Right? If it hadn't been for the internet, I never would have learned half the stuff I would have through books and what was available on TV at the time because Michigan was never mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things you guys mentioned a few minutes ago, I want to I want to step back a little bit. Uh, Allison, you said this and you were like, you know, you, you the statement you said was we want to get to the bottom of this. Right. And it stuck with me for a minute because I'm curious if we could talk about that for a couple minutes. Get to the bottom of what exactly what I mean, trying. I mean, obviously, is it the story aspect of the history aspect or is it getting to the bottom of the actual ex- explanation of why we may have hauntings and stuff like that. I'm curious as to where you were, you were, what we were alluding to with that, I guess. Well, I think that's my personal interest and it might be part of Mike's as well is just, you know, exploring the unknown and trying to find answers for yourself. Um, you know, that's kind of, you know, it's a big part anyway of what propels me um, to do this work is just getting some answers to these questions and mm-hmm. you know sometimes it's not the answer you want you know but it it you, ne- you need to have some answers you yeah, know you might yeah. find out oh 
that was just a bunch of nonsense, you know, about certain things. But that's okay. That's part of investigation. Yeah. Um, and then, and then things can happen to you that you totally wouldn't uh, expect. It, in fact, you expected the opposite. One of my paranormal experiences uh, happened at the Old Baraboo Inn in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Um, the owner asked me to come and speak about, uh, you know, do two hours on, you know, Wisconsin ghosts. I'm yeah. like, all right, that's great. And I was like, oh, let's bring Mike along. And, um, you know, we can do the podcast there. You know, he can play. We can do all the stuff. And um, so I did my presentation. We're setting up for the podcast. Everybody is in the other side, you know, like the back bar. I'm in the main bar area, just uh, like stowing my gear under a table. I look up, and what do I see in the air? But a stupid orb. And <laughs> it goes against orb. everything that I thought I stood for all those years when people showed me pictures yeah. of orbs. I'm like, it's dust, you know? It's yeah. not your grandma. So right. you are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I was... I was more diplomatic. Something about the show is bringing out the other side of me, but I'm really usually quite diplomatic. But anyway, the point is I hated freaking orbs, okay? Yeah. And, well, when you see one with your eyes, it's different than what the camera picks up. I think we all understand that, but still it's hard because when you're explaining your paranormal experience, you got to explain that whole thing. Yes. But but anyway, I see this stupid orb <laughs> across, across from me on the other wall, and... It's uh, it it stopped there in the air. So I had time to be like, "What is that thing that looks like kind of a kind of a yellowish ping pong ball in the air? What is that thing?" Yeah. And I had a time to think of that, and but but then it sped up, and it whizzed past the right side of my head, and then I flinched like totally involuntarily, as if somebody, you know, whipped something at your head, you know, you're going to flinch. But that, that like, underscored the reality of the experience for me, is that the, I had this involuntary reaction, and I'm, of course, looking around for it, and it, it wasn't there, of course. And, oh, man, this, not only was it a freaking orb, which I hate, <laughs> but it also, you know, it's, it had a lot of baggage for me, let's right, just say. yes. And, but it's this place, okay, I love... Uh, you know, I love uh, ghost hunting people, but sometimes they go a little too far, especially when a business is connected. And, you know, like everything's haunted. There's ghosts coming out of every orifice. There's yeah. demons in the basement. You know, there's just, it stretches. There's a, there's, there was, there was a, always a portal somewhere. Yeah, so, well, it stretches you don't credulity. And this was one of those places for me. I was thinking, this is great that they're paying me. I get to speak on this. It's all good. Um, but. In my mind, I'm thinking if there's anything, any place that's on it, it's not this place. And then that happens to me. And then I didn't, you know, my reaction to it was strange because I didn't, you know, Mike's there. I could have told him. I didn't tell anybody that night. I was interviewed for a movie about the place, um, you know, for a documentary about the place. I didn't say anything um, at, until like that. That was a Saturday. Next Monday after I got home from work. I called Mike and I'm like, oh, by the way, something did happen. So that was interesting to me to see how you process a, a, a world-changing experience like that. Um, but then um, years later, um, that we had we had uh, the Milwaukee uh, Paranormal Conference, which we have annually, and there was a haunted road trip panel. And I wasn't on this panel, I was just in the audience. And um, one of the representatives from the Old Baraboo Inn was sharing stories 
um, along with, you know, places from, you know, uh, representatives from other nearby haunted places to Milwaukee. And um, so they, uh, she was talking about how the owner's girlfriend at the time would uh, often be dive bombed by orbs when mm. she came into the bar room and she would, you know, not be happy about that. And I was just, that blew me away as confirmation because that's, those aren't the words that I used to describe what happened, but I could very easily use that those words because the the um, the experience was very similar. And this isn't, you know, it didn't come about from me telling them. It came about organically through somebody else's experience, yeah. and that's what I mean about uh, these hidden experiences out there. Um, that you know, e- even though I'm all about it, you know, I didn't go run to the other side of the place to you know an audience and go oh my god i just saw a freaking orb i didn't do that <laughs> i i held it close and i had to process it for a while and then i told mike you know my brother it's not like i just spewed it all over the universe and i think um these experiences can be very personal for people and I, i'm just I, I think about you know how many unusual experiences people are having on a daily basis and they just maybe don't talk about them consciously or unconsciously just forget about them because they don't fit into the normal uh, understanding of life but these experiences are out there and there is some reality to this even in amongst all the nonsense there's something real out there that's what i mean about i want to get to the bottom of this i want to have more such experiences so i can uh, try to figure it out for myself we yeah, should, I think that yeah. the reality part of it is really important to us. It's um, it, <clears throat> it's getting things as real as possible uh, for when we tell the stories and things. Like our big rule is we don't make anything up. Um, and we to, you know, I was just interviewing a guy yesterday um, in Los Angeles, and I was just you know like here's, I know that it's when you're on Hollywood Boulevard, it's really easy to start going with making stuff up. Oh yeah, and um. That's something just we have that that's the rule that that takes the fun out of it for me. Uh, the fun part is that we are exploring these big questions by trying to find authentic paranormal experiences, because otherwise, if you want to do fake stuff, let's just watch horror movies or let's just, you know, let's talk about Doctor Who all day. We're, we well, let's be, go to a haunted house. Right. If you're going to make stuff up, we might as well be talking about the Marvel Universe, yeah. you know, and that's that's not fun for me. And, and it's it's those confirmations um, of something that is really uncanny that is more exciting to me than somebody talking about the woman in white who never even lived there in the first place. You know, it's the then the, the um, here's here's an example of that. In Madison, we have a place called the Orpheum Theater. I'm not sorry, not the Orpheum. Uh, the Majestic Theater is where this particular thing took place. And the Majestic, you know, it's been around since uh, like 1906. Um, it was a vaudeville theater before it showed movies. And then it's a porno theater in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a regular movie theater again. Eventually gets remodeled in um, like 2012 or something like that. And then becomes this really nice music venue in town. And so... Um, I had talked to uh, the guy that was the stage manager when they used to have the Rocky Horror Picture Show in the 90s every Saturday night at midnight. Um, and he had told me 
about the stuff that would happen in the in the green room um, where people would get ready before they jump out and you know do the time warp or whatever uh, <laughs> and so and, and he'd tell me like yeah well we, we thought the ghost's name was Joe and and we think he must have been some kind of performer there who killed himself over because he bothers because he's always bothering the girls and he's always playing with their hair and whispering to them and uh, hiding their makeup and brushes and things and he's particularly annoying to the girls and he said the last night, Rocky Horror, before the Majestic shutdown, because it shut down for a few years in the, in the uh, early 2000s, um, he said the last performance, as he's walking out of the room, hears a whisper in his ear, good luck with this show. Hmm. And he's like, I didn't go back in. <laughs> so, okay, so fast forward, you know, 13 years later, and I'm at a music conference in Chicago, and there's a Madison contingent of people there, and one of them is a girl who's like the marketing intern for this theater and she's you know um like we're all sitting around having a beer one night or something and she's like hey um somebody else told me you're really into ghost stories do you know anything about the majestic and i just you know i clammed up for a second and i'm thinking well she works there so i just said well what have you heard and she says, well, you know, not too much, but I tell you, in the girls, in the, in the women's restroom, um, you know, I always get that weird feeling of being watched and like something is, you know, playing with my hair or tugging at me. And uh, yeah, it's just only in that restroom does it seem to, you know, bother me. And I'm like, interestingly enough, when they remodeled the theater, the old green room became the women's restroom. Oh, and so you have things happening decades apart, the same kinds of things happening decades apart to the same people in the same place. Even, you know, it's been remodeled, it's changed. She knew nothing about the old story. She just knows it's a hundred, you know, 115 year old theater kind of thing. And then talks about what she experienced. And it's the exact same thing in the exact same place as the uh, women who were doing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And that to me, okay, is that a really exciting story? Who's Joe? I don't know. That story's probably not real. The actor that killed himself in the basement or whatever. We yeah. do have a different theater where a, a guy, uh, we do have a story of actually a guy did kill himself that verified in the newspaper, but not in this theater. We don't, you know, there's no newspaper article about it or anything verifiable. Um, so that part, like, okay, that's the kind of thing that they make up to be like, this, why is this weird stuff happening to us in the basement? Um, or in, in the green room. But then now you're connecting it to the similar experiences for people decades apart. That's something that's really uncanny and really interesting to me. So we talk about, so that's not, maybe not that exciting of a tale. Oh, you got the hair pulled. Yeah, real scary. However, it's, it's the confirmation and the verification across different people who don't know anything about each other. And that's what makes it fun. And that to me is we talk about getting to the bottom of it. Like, that may not be the most exciting ghost story in the world. However, it's truly uncanny. Yeah. And that's now, now I'm interested. Now let's go Harry Price the place. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, can't say enough uh, thanks to having you both here today. We really appreciate it. I want to know where we can find everything how, out about yeah, you. Guys. How, every can single every, thing. how can anybody everything. out there go hop on one of your tours around the, the U.S. and Puerto Rico? Well, you can do it at www.americanghostwalks.com. <laughs>
Allison and Mike, uh, we've we've known each other for a handful of years now. It's always good to see you guys when we're traveling. Hopefully, we'll cross paths again very soon. It's been, it's been a little while because of this whole pandemic thing, you know. But I'm hoping we get to cross paths again and, uh, and and share a beer together. Hopefully soon. Looking forward to that, Scott. Me too. Thanks so much. Go sleep,